Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Have you ever had a person that you've connected with and you know that they're a great person and you want to get to know them more, but it seems like every time you're around them, there's just a lot of distractions. Maybe you're around a lot of people. Maybe the space you're in is loud and there's just a lot going on. If you're like me, you likely have a couple kids who are butting in and pulling you in every single direction. And so you continually just say hi. Maybe you talk about a few things, but it just seems like the conversation doesn't really go any further. You just kind of stay at a surface level instead of really getting to know them for who they are. And so you stay in this place for a long time until you're finally just like, you know what? I just need to invite them over or we just need to go out on a walk and I want to get to know this person. And so you create a space that's free from all the distractions and you get together and in one encounter, you learned more about that person. You grew in your relationship more than you had in the previous 20 times before. And this only happened because you finally created a space that allowed for you to sit down and have conversation and grow. And I want to talk about that today as we talk about our time with Jesus, because the temptation is staying stuck in this place where we try to talk to Jesus, but we never really talk to Jesus because there's so many distractions going on in our life. And we just stay surface level. We never truly know him. We never really pour out our heart to him. And we never really see what his heart is and what he has planned for our life. And so today, this is especially for Those of you who feel like you just haven't found a good rhythm of spending that quality time with Jesus, just some really simple things. If you're struggling to get this place where you do have an encounter with him, if you missed the episode last week, we talked about creating the time and creating that and why it's so important to spend time in prayer and reading scripture. So if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to that one first and then come back and listen to this one, because this is now what happens after we've created the time. We see why reading scripture and prayer is so important. And now we want to create the environment to have a connection with Jesus, to create a space that is welcoming, that is free of clutter, that's getting every distraction that could pull us away out. So we just have time to sit and talk to God and read his word. And so I just want to share with you a couple of really simple things that have been helpful for me. I think a lot of these things could apply to all of us, but also coming to this, remembering that this is your relationship with Jesus. And so that may look very different for me and what helps you connect with him may be different than what it is for me. And there's no magic formula for all how all of this works. A great space for my husband and myself to sit down and connect and have conversation might look very different for you and your significant other. But then there's also some big overarching things that just set the environment. Again, especially if you are just struggling, like I'm sitting down, I want to have this time with Jesus, but I'm just not really getting anything out of it. So let's start with our space first. The first thing that I know I've had to do is create a place where I don't have distractions so that there aren't a lot of other things that I'm just going to be tempted to pull me outside of this time with Jesus. This is going to sound awful, especially if you're like an ophthalmologist or you work with eyes. So I tend to do my my time with Jesus first thing in the morning and I didn't have a lamp on my desk for the longest time. And so what would I do? I would turn my computer on. I would make sure it's on a nice white screen, which Facebook is a nice white screen. And I would have that as my light for my desk. 
I know this is this is awful. This is awful for my eyes. But also it was so distracting because my computer was up. All my tabs are always up because that's another bad habit. I never close them out. So I could see all the little red dots, all the notifications. And it would be so tempting like as I'm getting things ready just to click. And it's like, oh my goodness, now I'm spending time on Facebook or reading emails. And I wanted to have time with Jesus. So I had to turn the computer off. And to get a light and say, I am not having that distraction in front of me. Maybe for you, it's your phone. You know that if you've ever been in a room with someone and their phone is their distraction, you are in the same room, but you are not in the same headspace and you are not growing in conversation. You are not growing in your relationship because it's a distraction. So if that's something for you, pick it up and leave it somewhere else. And, and remembering too, like this is not meaning you have to have your whole house clean. We don't want to go as a Martha and just cleaning the whole house. We just want to move the stuff away, create a small space in front of us where we can lock our eyes on Jesus and not have anything to tempt us to pull us away. So if you work from home, this may not be a good idea to sit at your desk, your work desk, if this is a tempting place for you. If your calendar is right in front of you, you might just want to find a separate space, a space that, again, if you're struggling, you're not going to have anything tempting you to pull you away. The other temptation and distraction for me is my mind. I, I have really tried to get into this better habit of creating this time first thing in the morning before I pick up my phone, before I scroll social media, before I'm reading my messages, before my brain starts going in a million directions. I want to come to God and I want to give him the first fruits of my day. And I also want him to fill my mind before I step out into anything of the world. So it's keeping my mind free and waking up first thing in the morning and saying, you know what? I want to fill my mind with Jesus and I want to get all the tools and weapons that I need to go into my day before I let all the other distractions come into my mind. And while I want my mind to be mentally clear, I also want the space to be something that is physically quiet and private. In Matthew chapter six, verse six, it says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so this is a time of prayer where it's something that's private. It's something that's just you and God, no kids, no spouse, no one looking in on you, just time for the two of you. And this might mean getting up earlier. We talked about creating the time last week, or maybe you're the night owl. And you know that after your family goes to bed, this is your time where you're going to have the good headspace, where you're focused and you want to be focused with him. And so you do it then. Again, there's no right or wrong for the time of this. It's just creating the space for you and God with no distractions. What I tend to bring is just a journal, a pen, and my copy of scripture. And so speaking of scripture, another thing that has really helped me just remove some, I don't want to say distractions, but help me have a deeper encounter with Jesus is finding a translation of the Bible that has made sense to me. Growing up, I'm pretty sure that we had the King's James Version in school, and that's the one that's filled with the yees and the thous and the believeth, and it's just a different way to read. Now, some people love it. If you love it, go for it. But personally, for me, especially in a young age, that just turned me off to reading scripture because it just seemed really hard to read through and it took a lot of work. Bible Gateway is a great resource. It's a website where I go to a lot of times still and you can flip through different translations. So you can put a whole chapter up and then you can just read it in a couple translations and see which one connects best for you. It's also good too. When you find a passage of scripture that you like, you can also go through and read it there because sometimes just a little bit of the wording may speak a little bit differently. Another thing that's been so helpful and just helping me have a greater encounter when I'm opening up my scripture 
is finding a really good quality teaching Bible. There are so many things in scripture that are so much easier when when they give a little explanation. And so you can understand what you're reading. And as you're reading, if there's a word that you don't know, pause, do a Google search and, and look it up. What does this mean in the Old Testament? What does this word mean? And then write it in. So the next time you come to it, you can remember it and it will just help you gain a a bigger understanding of what you're reading. Now, also just some basic tips about scripture, because I don't want to assume that you know anything. And I think when you have a basic context of what you're reading and you understand it, it's going to make sense for you more and it's going to have greater impact. I know that's what happened for me. So the entire story, our Bibles are composed of 66 different books and the entire story centers around Jesus. He was there in the beginning and he's all the way there through the end. I I grew up in the church. I grew up reading a Bible, but somehow I never connected. Jesus was there in the beginning. He was there in the garden. He was there in creation. And I didn't connect that the entire story points to him. And how amazing it is when you see the things in the Old Testament that connect to the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament is the time before Jesus physically walked on the earth. We see how God created the world. We see the perfection that was in the world before sin entered. And then we see the fall when sin entered and how we become broken people. And the story throughout the Old Testament, how we just can't live up to God's standards, that we fall short time and time again. We get prophets who prophesy about about what is to come in the future with Jesus and most of all, there's just a pointing to the need that we can't do this on our own and that we need a savior. And then the New Testament starts with the stories in the gospels. The gospels are the are the story of Jesus physically walking here on earth. Those are found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I personally find myself wanting to stay here each day, even if it's just a small section while I'm reading other sections, because you're seeing Jesus in in the flesh. You're seeing Jesus as fully human, yet still fully God, and how he walked and how he responded to critics, how he walked through suffering. And and he just models for us how, how we should want to try and live. And so it's a powerful place to be. And I also find, like especially if you're new to reading scripture, that the gospels are easy reads. And, and they are ones that can have big impact in your life. So those are great ones to go to as well. But then in the New Testament, you also have after Jesus dies, he rises from the dead. We have the start of the new church, a lot of the early trials, the persecutions, And then also what's to come in our future. There's the book of Revelation that talks about yet what is to come. And so it's a whole story pointing to Jesus broken up in different sections. And so when you start reading, take a few moments to think about what am I reading? Why was this written? Who even wrote this? There are parts of scripture that are more like songs or poetry, and that's the Psalms. There's in the New Testament a lot of letters. Paul wrote a lot of letters to the new to the new churches in the New Testament. And so you can you can see that there. And a great teaching Bible will help you at the front of each part of these books, explain it a little bit, but you could also do a good old fashioned Google search and say, all right, what is the book of Acts about? Who wrote the book of Acts? When did this happen in the story of history? And get a context for what you're reading because that will help it make more sense as you start diving in. Now, this is probably the most important thing that we're going to talk about today as it talks as we talk about just preparing, preparing the space and again, preparing our mind. And this is something I've had to work a lot on and I still do. (laughs) We're not just coming to this time to read scripture and pray just to collect a bunch of information. We are opening scripture to have an encounter with God. 
just a few things from scripture that talk about what it is that you're going to be reading. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we are opening God's word. We are opening God's breath on a page where God wants to give us everything that we need so we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we're also not just opening a book written by a bunch of men in their own opinions. Peter tells us this in 2 Peter in the first chapter. He says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so everything is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We are reading the words of God. Again, literally his breath on a page. It is alive and active for you today so that God can can come and have an encounter with you. So many times I think, you know, God, if, if you would just put it on a stick, you know what you want me to do? Like that would make it so much easier. And then I just hear him saying, you have all of my words, everything you need in scripture. It's literally written down for you. Now, I'm not going to jump into the validity of scripture today, but I do have a couple really good resources. If you're like, I need some more concrete stuff on how did this all, like how is it here today and how can we trust that what is in here is what was even written down in the beginning? If you need something like that, reach out to me because I have a couple good resources for you. And so as I'm thinking along this, as I'm thinking, this is literally God's breath on a page. I have to remind myself of this. I'm not here just to hurry up and read through this as fast as I can. The goal today is not to get through as much scripture as possible in the shortest amount of time possible. It's not a race. You do not get a medal for reading your Bible the quickest. And there's also not a finish line, a job all done. Well, you got through it and now you're done. Since this book is alive, I'm going to continue to read this for the rest of my life. And also knowing you could read through one verse over and over again. And someday you may just pull something different out of it. And God may reveal something different to you, maybe in a different season or just in a different time reading it. And that's how he works to make this come alive for you in your life and where you are. And so it's just remembering that I want to come into this space, not just to collect information. I'm here to receive a revelation about who God is, how he made me and the life that he's called me to live. We talked about, you know, some things to remove, especially from distractions. And I think that this is so important and something I really want to make sure that we hit on today is that something else to leave behind is also the feeling of just being guilty for not reading it. And that's why you're coming to read it. God doesn't want you to come to him in prayer and scripture from shame or guilt. And I think sometimes that can be cast on us. Well, all good Christians read their Bible or all good Christians pray every day. And, and that is the last thing that I think God wants for you to come to him is because you feel shame or guilt over it. And also just making sure that we do not want to be casting that on you either. The reason I even talk about all this is just because I've seen so many shifts in my life. And I have been that person who has felt the guilt or shame for not reading it and wanting to come to it. And, and I came and I just didn't really get anything out of it. But because God had shifted in my life and shifted in my heart, I started to see how good he is. 
and how powerful his words are. And so, so much of this today is just for those of you who feel like it hasn't clicked yet. Maybe you do have that starting desire to read this and to understand God's word, or or maybe even feel like, I know I'm supposed to, but it's just not making sense. I just want to encourage you just to keep trying and just to keep doing what you can to find a way so that you can start to have this encounter with God. And even too, before you even open scripture, sometimes it's just even asking, asking God about it, just saying, Hey, you know, I am feeling the shame and guilt and I just want to bring it to you. Talk to Jesus, pray to him about it, ask him for help saying, you know what? I want to have an encounter with you today. Could you just reveal something in my heart? I I don't want to feel obligated to this. I want to feel drawn to you. Could you help me with that? That's what prayer is about. Prayer is just talking to Jesus and, and saying what's on your heart and seeking him and just saying, Jesus, I'm here to have an encounter with you. Will you help me remove the distractions? Will you help me not feel rushed when I'm reading this? Will you help something make sense to me today in a way that it's never made sense before? And just having that conversation with him and seeking him and wanting to understand him more. You know, there is still one big way that you can see someone that's good. You want to grow in relationship with them. You create the space and you get together, you've got all the distractions gone and you come into this time together and you guys, you talk a lot and then you leave and you're like, I feel like I didn't know anything about them. And then it clicks and you're like, oh my goodness, I came to meet with this person and I, I really wanted to get to know them, but I talked about myself the whole time. And somewhere in the journey, you just lost sight of being intentional about seeking out to know them. And I know this has happened in my prayer life too. I want to come to know God, but then I just come with the whole list of things that I have on my heart and I just bring them to God. And that's okay. God wants you to bring the things to him, but I forgot the part of seeking out him. I forgot the part about wanting to know him and what he has planned for my life. And even sometimes in prayer, just some simple ways of, of how this has shifted in prayer. Before, maybe prayer would be like, dear God, please be with Aunt Karen today. She is having surgery at 2.40 at the Cleveland Clinic. And, and the whole time, God is like, I know. I know the name of the doctor. I know the name of the nurse. I know the receptionist who is going to print out the stickers that's going to go on the biopsy. And I know exactly what the test results are already going to be. And so prayer for me in that way was just always informing God about stuff he already knew. Here's a reframing of, of how I've really tried to just shift this so that I know God in that. Maybe it's, dear God, I already know that you know what's going to happen with Aunt Karen today. Would you let her feel your presence in the unknown and trust you? And God, what do you need me to know or to do to be your light and presence for Aunt Karen today? And so it's, it's taking that shift from just informing God to seeking God I want to know what you want me to know in this situation today. And it's just remembering that when you create this space, you are coming to meet with the king of the universe. He already knows everything that's going on in your life today. He knows the struggles that you are going through. He knows the struggles you're facing today. And he knows the struggles that you are going to face in the years to come. And bring him what's on your heart. Bring him, God, I'm overwhelmed by this. God, could you take this away from me? But don't forget to put in the part of seeking him and remembering to be intentional about knowing him and his will for your life. He wants to come and reveal himself to you. And, and I know that when you come to God with that heart of wanting to know him, he's going to step in and show you him in ways that, 
that are just, you can't even put into words how powerful it is. He wants to speak into your life to guide you and to help you. And he's also here not to condemn you. In Romans chapter eight, verse one, it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're like, you know, everyone's telling me that I should come open my Bible, but I'm just going to open it and I'm just going to feel bad about all the ways that I've messed up. I'm not even worthy to talk to the king of the universe. And I'm just going to come here and it's just going to be pointed out on how many ways I didn't get it right. Here's, here's a little thing about scripture that this, this collection of books is all about everything Jesus did to cover the price for all the wrongs that you've already done so that he could have this relationship with you today. And so that you could know him. And so that even though you've messed up and you've got it wrong, even though the world is pressing in on you, you now have the tools to have peace that only he can bring and that he can even take all those ways that you've messed up and bring purpose and meaning from the pain that you walk through. Scripture is a book of a bunch of broken people, a bunch of broken people who God worked through. (laughs) There is only one perfect person in all of scripture and that's Jesus. Every single one of us has fallen short and he's not here to condemn you for it. He's here to show you how much he loved you, that he wanted to save you from it. And once you start to have this encounter with him, once you start to see his heart for you, I'm also going to tell you this, that the distractions become less and less because once you've got to know that best friend, once you've gotten to that relationship with them and you know them well, you can go to their house and there can be toys scattered everywhere. There can be laundry all over the house, dishes in the sink. It can be a mess everywhere, but it doesn't matter because you're going to meet with your best friend and you can meet with them literally anywhere and you two can sit down and lock in literally anywhere. And this is going to happen as soon as you start to get a taste for this encounter with Jesus. So if you're not there, just start creating that space, creating that space, get the distractions out where you can sit down and lock eyes with him, bring him the things on your heart, talk to him in your words, and then remember to seek him. Remember to say, I want to know you more and be intentional about it. There's there's no right way. This this doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes you you try and create the space and it just doesn't happen. That's okay. Keep showing up. Keep showing up and just seeking him and just telling him, God, I feel the enemy is even putting these distractions in because he doesn't want me to know you. God, would you protect me from that? And would you just help me lock eyes on you and know you? And as you do, you are going to find yourself seeking this time. One, just daily alone in private with him. And then you're going to find yourself talking to him all day because you start to see that he is your best friend, that he wants to help you in every single way of life. And that is, he is for you and not against you and that he has so much love for you. And so today I just want to encourage you in that. Keep showing up, keep creating the space Because he is worth overcoming all the distractions that are getting in the way that is preventing you. And there is an enemy that is preventing you from this time. Because this time gives you all the tools and weapons to fight back against whatever it is is overwhelming you in your day to day. The enemy does not want you to have this time with God. And so that just helps me to say, you know what? No, Satan, not today. I am locking my eyes on Jesus because I want to see him. I want to see the peace. I want to have that peace that no one else can give. I want to break free of all these things that are holding me down in life today. And if scripture says Jesus can do all that, I want to know him. 
And if scripture says Jesus wants to be here with me, I want him here with me in this moment and talking to him. And I will never take for granted that the king of the universe wants to sit down and have an encounter with me today. So I just want to end in prayer over you today. Dear Heavenly Father, would you step into the person's life who is listening to this today? Father, would you help them remove any distraction, any barrier that is preventing them from knowing you? Would you open their heart, God? Would you open their heart as they start drawing close to you? Because we know that as we draw close to you, you draw close to us, God. Would you come in and and allow them just to have an encounter with you? An encounter that maybe just in one, one moment, they grow more in relationship with you than they have in 30 other surface level attempts. God, would you speak into their life only the things that you can speak into their life? Would you give them the peace that only you could give? Would you let them see your heart, God? A heart that is good. A heart that is just busting and overflowing of wanting to cover them in your love, in your grace, and your kindness. And God, would you just keep drawing them in? Would you create a movement in their life that they just finally realize you are everything and that they just want to come to you more and more again? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget that each week we put some journal prompts, maybe some questions that will help you start having conversations with God and praying and reflecting and also some other resources to help you on your journey. If there is ever any content that you would like that would be helpful to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are so honored and so thankful to be here with you. If this episode was helpful for you, please don't hesitate to share it with a friend or family member on social media. And also remember that leaving us a rating and review is helpful for just getting our podcast into hands of more people and helping them run back to Jesus. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you again next week.